magic to it. When I'm at Ramah, I am home. Hi, my name is Ilana Rebitzer, and I am a staff member at Ramah Galim, where I've worked for the past four summers, including as a counselor, a madricha, and I was at Roshida. Um, I'm really excited to be here today for the Kolba Ramah podcast, talking to Rabbi Sarah Shulman, who is my camp director, someone I've gotten to work with really closely, and a phenomenal Jewish educator and leader. And I'm really excited to ask her questions about her Ramah story and her journey to get to this place. So thank you, Rabbi Sarah for talking to me. Thank you, Alon, for such a nice introduction, and it's great to be with you and everyone in our Ramah community today. Um, yeah, so we are, let's just jump in, and I guess my first question for you is, how did you get involved with Ramah? So in an interesting way, I was teaching as a Jewish day school teacher in Palo Alto many years ago, and in a way that many of us have where we meet certain people in our lives that end up having lasting and unexpected impact. Uh, I had the opportunity to work with Rabbi Eliav Bach, who was also teaching at the day school that year. Uh, we met and stayed connected over the years. And uh, several years later, when he had the opportunity to become the director of then the new Ramah in the Rockies. I got a call from him inviting me to come help train his staff in a pre-summer pre before the camp opened uh, experience, uh, which I really enjoyed. And uh, after that experience, he invited me to come back and be his assistant director the following summer in the inaugural summer at Ramah in the Rockies. And that was really my uh, the, my serious beginning as a Ramah leader and involvement uh, in Ramah and, uh, and such a wonderful way to begin my Ramah journey um, through helping to start the new Ramah Rockies in, in 2010. And so you worked at Rockies in, as, a, as an assistant director for how many summers? So I was there in, in different capacities for about five summers um, as assistant director, education director. Um, I had a lot of opportunity. I wrote the opening curriculum um, for the camp, was able to oversee staff and summer program, helped to start our tripping program. And in the same way as our, at, at Ramah Galim, when you're starting out a camp, you have a small team. So everyone wears a lot of hats. Um, I really had an opportunity to, to work really in partnership with Eliav to really, um, to be able to implement the vision, the educational and outdoor educational vision uh, for the camp, which was you know, one, of, one of the reasons why I got that initial call from Eliab was because I had a lot of experience starting outdoor education programs uh, in a variety of other settings uh, before that. So it was, it was a tremendous and, and really uh, enriching opportunity. And after that, so obviously you then went to work at Ramah Galim. Um, so how did that transition happen for you? Uh, once again, by being asked to lead, um, though getting the phone call from Mitch Cohen, uh, while I was studying during rabbinical school, uh, in Israel, um, was sort of where I would pinpoint that moment, um, where I really made that transition. Mitch called and asked me if I would be interested in a senior leadership position at a 
at, in Northern California. And from there, we began many conversations that then included um, the wonderful board of directors that was already forming in Northern California, um, folks at our sister camp in Southern California, and, uh, and many other people to, to really get this camp off, off the ground and running um, with a lot of support from, from National Ramah. So that was sort of the moment where I got more involved in the Northern California project, which I had heard about for many years as something that was, was beginning to happen, as I'm sure you had too, Alana, being from Northern California. Um, and it was an uh, incredible opportunity to then be able to dive into not only being able to help start one Ramah in Colorado, but then to be able to help start a second Ramah in California. So having been a part of starting two of the most recent Ramah camps, um, obviously in different capacities, what feels different about the starting of those camps for you? You know, there's so many things that are similar in terms of the, the spirit, the values, the culture, the environmentalism, um, but they each have their own flavor. And that partly that is because of the totally different biome um, that they, they grew up in, one being in the mountains, one being on the ocean. Uh, part of that is different visions, different lay and professional leaderships. Um, and uh, I think at Ramah Galim, I think our camp really, um, our spirit is really, to me, summed up in that word Galim, which means waves in Hebrew. Um, not only root us at the Pacific Ocean where we're located, but I think just that that whole process of, um, of sending out our ed educational vibe into the local community and back and, um, and that sort of inspiring the hearts, minds and souls of Northern California beyond in our inclusive community by the sea, um, I think is, is really in that. But uh, there's lots of little differences and there's also lots of similarities, not only from between Ramah Galim and Ramah and the Rockies, but also between all, all the Ramah camps. On Saturday night when we're at the beach doing one of our favorite things, which is Havdalah on the beach in our onesie pajamas as a community, sometimes I close my eyes for a moment um, below the stars and I just think about the fact that thousands of kids around the movement at every Ramah camp are doing Havdalah in some form or another at their camps across the Ramah movement, singing similar songs and creating similar communities in different ways, and even across all the whole Jewish camping movement. And there's something that is really powerful uh, about that for the present moment and for the, the Jewish future. Wow, that's a really moving image. I'm just really struck by that image of all the connected Ramaz. Um, I'd also love to know, because of course your role changed from being like the education director and assistant director to being um, the director of Ramaz Alim. What, how is, was that transition for you in stepping into a new role in a different capacity? You know, I think there's something that is really wonderful and fundamental about being at any any level in the Ramah um, organizational chart that you it's a world in and of itself, whether and you've experienced this, whether a Madricha or a Roche Da or an assistant director, a director, at that time you see a whole vision and perspective of camp and you have tremendous ownership in it. Oftentimes, well above and beyond, maybe you'd even have ownership if you were working in a different kind of organization 
at that moment, ownership, responsibility. Um, but one of the things you realize is once you change from being a madrichad to the rosheda, there's a whole nother level of camp with a capital C that you get to be a part of, help lead in, make decisions in, be a part of decisions. Um, when I transitioned from being the assistant director of Vermont the Rockies to being the director, executive director of Vermont Galim, um, I was involved in whole new host of activities, which I had been working with Eliav on a little bit Ramah the Rockies, but nothing like what I was doing with Ramah Galim, uh, related to fundraising, related to helping to write our mission and strategic plan in partnership with the board, uh, working closely with a board, um, as opposed to working more focused on the summer staff like I was uh, at the Ramah and the Rockies. So it was uh, tremendous new opportunities. And I think also unique because we were also starting the camp, right? Just because you become a Ramah director doesn't mean you write the mission of an organization. Oftentimes you're the one that's implementing that mission uh, and vision. Uh, at our camp, we had the opportunity to collaboratively you know, write those mission statements, write the core values and the vision and be able to, to be a part of that process, um, um, working closely with an amazing group of um, lay leaders and mentors and, and others. Um, thank you. The next question I have for you is sort of a two-part question. Um, so when you started working at Ramaz Alim, I'm curious to know what was your favorite part of the job and what was the hardest part of the job for you? My favorite job, part of the job, which is still one of my favorite parts of the job today, is being able to create a vision for something and invite others into that creative, innovative laboratory of learning and experimentation. Um, and creating traditions that will outlast us and that others will come in and make their own. Um, and there's so many examples of that at our camp. I can think back to Ramon the Rockies. Um, I love that. I love inviting staff and campers to help take that ownership and to be able to shape traditions in their own way um, and to build community. I think those are things that um, I loved then, I still love now. Um, and to watch those relationships within the community really form and thicken and deepen over the years. Uh, and then you asked about challenges. Yeah. Um, the, challenge, the challenges we faced starting a new camp was everything has to be purchased. Everything has to be set up and hauled and created and written, right? And that is a, a tremendous undertaking. Obviously you're leveraging and bringing so much from um, best practices and Ramat traditions and, and other things. But I remember driving up between Los Angeles where I was finishing rabbinical school and the Bay Area to haul kayaks to the site and bring the <laughs> climbing wall and get those dishes, right? And finding storage units to put things in until we could get on our host site, Monterey Bay Academy. And that was a her Herculean effort for all of us that were involved in that. Uh, and the challenges today, um, there's always, there's some of the challenges around setting up camp on a rental site exist year after year, as you know, Alana, because we spent a lot of time <laughs> unloading and loading storage units every year, but it's different than with that first summer. Uh, and the challenges of this moment, because we are in a pandemic, are also different. 
um, and connect us to some of the challenges of camps and other Jewish organizations and so many other organizations of this moment of being able to support our community through difficult times, being able to help sustain and work together with our community to sustain our camp for the future and to be able to look ahead and to continue to pivot programs and operations so that we can continue to support, empower and inspire campers and families in our community for the long run. You have, speaking of the amazing work, that like really amazing work, I think that Ramat Kalim is doing these days and in the moment that we're in, do you have a favorite thing that camp has been able to do or like a favorite story of how you've been able to pivot um, in this weird summer? You know, one of my favorite programs, we, we did so many great programs as did so many other Ramat camps this summer that really brought the the virtual space to life rich with camp relationships and innovative programming and obviously also knowing that there's a lot that was lost by not having that in-person experience um one of my favorite things we did this summer was was just fe featured this week in e-jewish philanthropy about our harga'a program um, where we invited teens and met their mentors which they chose to lead programs alana you led one of them with um, a uh, camp, a camper also USYR because we did a partnership with USY for this, this program. And the thing I loved about it is that it really emphasized, brought to the forefront, the mentor relationships that are so institutionalized at camp that sometimes we don't think about them explicitly. But the, that program, Harga program, which is our Mean Calming, which is our nightly program that we do in the bunks at camp in some form or another um, across the age groups, um, just really showed how impactful those relationships between teen and the, their mentor can be and how being able to put a teen and a mentor together and the creativity that comes out of those ways of relating to one another and the love for camp uh, and camp moments that came through um, for me was just a delight to help vision and then most of all to witness those sort of magical moments happening and then to be able to share those with our community was uh, was was just an example but to me that was one really special program that um, that was a, a really meaningful pivot that we're able to do with some support from from local funders and partnership with USY. Yeah, I think that was a lovely program and also just speaks really highly to the connections that you and Galim have created with USY and with the community as a whole, like seeing all the local rabbis coming and speaking with their teens, I think was a really special thing that we got to do this summer. Um, and I'm now that you brought up mentorship, I'm curious for you, I know you talked a little about how like for our teen campers, their relationship with their counselors is really important. And I know that in your capacity, like you mentioned, as the director, a lot of times you're interfacing with the board or running around and trying to find where the surf instructor is or whatever the thing might be. Do you feel like you're able, like that mentoring the younger staff um, is something that you're able to do as much as you would like at camp? And I'm curious if you have any like stories to share about like that part of the job? You know, it's one of the most rewarding parts of the job. So it's always been a priority for me. I can, as you said, there's 
always that something. There's so many, as a camp director, you're always doing a lot of problem solving every day or every week in different ways at camp, um, dealing with all sorts of different operational uh, and logistical things in the background, as well as the program in, in the foreground. But those mentor conversation, those walks around camp, uh, and those sitting down and having a conversation with a counselor um, or a group of campers, uh, for me, is is such a wonderful, wonderful opportunity. It's one of the reasons why uh, I've loved teaching at Sevet Limud, a staff a staff learning session on Shabbat um, with uh, with food for thought, the cholent made by our amazing Ezra staff with that. So I love those moments. And I can think about so many conversations I've had with Madrichim over the last few, last few summers and beyond where we've talked about a challenge that has come up either at camp or in their personal lives and being able to, to really talk it through and be present with people, even amidst the, the craziness that a day at camp can bring is uh, is really, it's so meaningful. Yeah. Um, so I want to go back a little bit to um, your time before Ramah um, and something that you've shared with um, the whole camp and what I think is a really moving speech that you give um, on Yom Galim most years about how you didn't grow up in the Ramah movement, you didn't grow up in Jewish camps at all, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, and I'm curious to know how if for you, if or how you think that the fact that you didn't grow up in this movement, that you came to it as an adult and as a leader in the community already um, affects your relationship to Rama as a whole. Yeah, thank you. Um, you're, you're right. I didn't grow up going to Jewish camp. And to be honest, I think that's actually been such an asset um, to my ability to empathize and partner to create an inclusive community. One of, uh, there was a number of reasons why I didn't go to Jewish camp growing up. Uh, one of them was I was a very serious swimmer and soccer player. And at the time growing up, there weren't camps like ours or uh, specialty Jewish camps out there to go to. And summer was really a time of intensive athletic training for me. Um, but another reason why I didn't go to camp was because the image of going to Jewish camp where everyone else knew the hand motions for Birkat Hamazon was intimidating. I felt like I would be an imposter. And uh, which, you know, is so funny now being a rabbi and camp director, right, who loves, loves those motions and the, the songs and dances and, and things that are part of the community. Um, but I think being able to really understand that sense of what it's like to be someone looking at a camp and wondering, am I Jewish enough, is a feeling and experience that is really important for me to have as a leader of this camp so that we can be a radically inclusive and accepting community for all Jews in Northern California beyond and be able to make Judaism accessible, relevant and meaningful for all kinds of Jews in our diverse community. Yeah, thank you. That actually ties so neatly into the next question I was gonna ask you, um, which You're is- welcome. Um, it's like we planned it, we didn't. Um, how, I know that accessibility is something that has been important to you and it's a conversation that you and I have had many times over the years we've worked together. Um, but I would love to hear from you kind of looking back at the last 
five, four, however we're counting it, years of camp programming, how we've made, um, how, what strides you think Galim has made towards becoming um, a more accessible place? Um, and like, what are specific things that you think like you and camp have done in order to make us like the accessible community that you're talking about? You know, I think starting from the time we create, wrote the vision and the mission and our core values for camp, it was already always at the forefront. Um, the fact that Kavod, which we define as respective inclusiveness, is one of our four core values of camp that we really have implemented from the beginning um, with a lens of inclusion has really has been very much the case in reality and culture of our camp. Um, I'm really proud of the fact that in our first summer of camp, we opened with a TICFA program uh, for campers with special needs, which we've expanded over the last few years as part of the inaugural summer. And that's really thanks to the leadership of people like Alana Naftal and Kelman and Howard Blass and others. Um, that really laid the foundation whose shoulders we were standing upon directly and indirectly um, to be able to have that program. And then I think uh, that has a, that lens of inclusion, that focus has really then been, opened up the pathway for us to think about inclusion in a lot of other ways. And in the present time, that's a big focus of uh, the work right now, thinking about diversity, equity, inclusion, which is so key, and re-asking ourselves the Ramam movement um, that has really been a leader in inclusion in so many different ways uh, for the Jewish camping movement, but being able to make sure that our lens of inclusion is really um, broad and really looking at the, the diversity across our communities today um, and everything we're doing to be able to really meet the needs of, of our community today. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would, um, I'm just thinking about um, the, the Northern California community specifically as you're talking about community and how I think that's a I mean, I'm from the Northern California community, and I think it's a really special, unique place that um, one thing about it is that it doesn't resemble Judaism in the way that maybe it's practiced in other parts of um, the country. Conservative Judaism looks different. Um, and I know, that, again, this is something that we've talked about a lot, um, you and I, but I'm curious to hear kind of where you're thinking about it now. Like, us as um, a conservative camp and um, camp with ties to movements all over the country and as specifically rooted in Northern California, is that a balancing act that you find challenging? Where, like, and what about that balancing act do you find rewarding? Um, I think it's great. I think we're at the cutting edge of thinking about making Ju conservative Judaism relevant and innovative in today's world. And I love partnering. We have such strong relationships with our partner, conservative synagogues in Northern California and such strong relationships with our Ramah camps across the movement and such strong relationships with our other local Northern California camps, Tawanga, Newman, Eden Village West, JCC Maccabi and Bechol Um, I think those relationships and partnerships and having those strong colleagues, um, not to mention National Rama Foundation for Jewish Camp and so many other people have been instrumental in the forming of our camp and support of our camp um, since its inception. Um, I think those, those relationships are really key in today's world. And in, in Northern California, you're right. Um, each region has its own 
sort of feel of Judaism and culture and, and different things. And I think continuing to look at who, who are we serving and how are we serving and being in partnership with our families and asking them for feedback like we do every year and oftentimes in many different ways throughout the year um, is essential to make sure that we're, we're continuing to offer a Ramah, a Ramah experience that is being able to really further the Jewish education and experience and Hebrew infusion of our campers um, and keeping Judaism integrated and relevant and experiential um, to meet the, the new challenges for this, these youth as they grow older in today's world. Yeah. Um, so thinking back on your time at Rockies and at Galim, I'm wondering if there was a moment when um, you first felt like you were part of the Ramah family or where you really felt kind of the NRC connections really coming out for you? I think there's two moments that, um, that come to mind. It's an interesting question. What does it mean to be a part of the Ramah family? And there's probably different layers in terms of what that is. And there's so many ways people even listening to this might feel connected to, to that family through their own camp experience or their kids' camp experience or their staff experience, et cetera. Um, I think one, going back to one of the things we talked about in much earlier uh, today is the call to leadership. Um, one of the symbols of Rosh Hashanah, the holiday uh, that's coming up um, so soon right now that oftentimes doesn't make it to the table, but we sort of know about is having a fish head um, as part of the, our sort of high holiday Seder. And the reason why we have the fish head, it's, it's been passed on as a tradition that we'd rather be the head than the tail, right? The sort of call to leadership and being uh, an active, engaged leader. Um, I think about those phone calls I got like from Rabbi Mitch Cohen or Eliav Bach, the call to lead. Um, that's when you're asked to lead, that's when you really know you're part of something larger than yourself, but that you're gonna be able to bring your own unique gifts to be able to help lead to that. I think that's a really powerful moment. So I think that's one that comes to mind. Uh, and then a second that comes to mind that's a little bit different, um, in terms of being a part of the Ramah family was the first time we walked down to the beach for Havdalah as a community and being able to see campers arms in arms singing and ending Shabbat and starting a new week and a new future together. Uh, to me, to be able to see what we envisioned coming into life and being real and realizing that uh, I, like so many other people, had a role in creating this community, inspiring this moment, elevating this moment, uh, makes you feel uh, like a member of the family because you've just expanded that family to others. I have one more question about the past and then I wanna ask you a question about the future. Um, so I guess, and you shared some really great memories, some of which um, I was proud of for and some of which are new to me and are exciting to hear. Um, but I'm wondering if just in thinking about your time as a director of Ramah Galim, if you have just like, um, and I know you mentioned Havdalah as a favorite moment, but if you have like one specific memory or a funny story or something that sticks out to you as feeling like it encapsulates the spirit of what, it, of what Ramah Galim 
is in all of our new camp in Northern California and Ramon conservative is, if there's anything that feels like it really encapsulates your camp. You know, there's so many, right? Hearing the camp song for the first time that was written by Josh Rosharsky and Myra Meskin, which still gives me goosebumps every time kids sing and dance to it, or watching our campers on Friday night do make up their own dance to Birkat Hamazon, which has lasted uh, every Friday night to this, uh, to this very day. Um, and seeing families out in the community when I visit them, welcoming each session of campers to the property or saying goodbye to them at the end of the summer. Um, those are all, I think, really near and dear memories to me. Um, but there's also ones that are really unique to our camp, like seeing a kid pick up a bull kelp, um, a piece of kelp from the ocean and hold it up and play shofar on it. Um, those are things that probably could, would only happen at Ramah Galim. And I think there's also a lot of memories I have um, like that, that are related to the ocean, that are related to our unique site, um, or maybe even related to the fact that we are running a Jewish camp um, at a Seventh-day Adventist boarding school. And that also creates really neat uh, intersectionality, interfaith moments of their own too because um, we have such a special and close relationship with uh, the administrator, administration and hosts of our site as well. So there's a lot. There's really a lot of moments like that. Yeah, if probably not for this podcast, but at another time, I would encourage people to ask Rabbi Sarah questions about working with MBA, the Seventh-day Adventist School, because it's just a fascinating story of collaboration and of inter like real serious interfaith work that's like, really grounded and rooted in serious devotion to both religions and coming to a consensus on how we can work together. It's a really fascinating story um, that I would highly encourage people to ask your Sarah about. Um, and my last question for you is looking towards the future. I know that's maybe a hard question to ask right now, um, but we just celebrated five years of camp, which is an amazing, amazing accomplishment. And as we're looking towards the next few years and Again, obviously knowing that nothing is certain and all the other caveats that people give these days. Um, I'm wondering if you have any goals that feel like you're most kind of like the biggest goals for you as you're thinking about what comes next. Um, that's a great question. I think right now where we are in our stage at this moment, like so many people, we're thinking about Kites 2021. We're thinking about what it takes to be able to bring our community back in person and to do so safely and with love and care and thought um, and expertise and best practices. So um, that's the short term. In the long term, we're, we've been here five years. We've created a camp. We've started to really institutionalize elements of the program and the culture. And I think we'll be able to continue that process to elevate our programs, to be able to further our outreach, to institutionalize the things that we want to keep and lasting, and then to reimagine things that we want to change and to continue to mentor a next generation of leaders and to be able to have more campers that are now in our community can return on staff and add a new flavor and texture to the community as well. 
uh, and to be able to continue to partner with so many great other camps and lo people here locally, great rabbis and community partners uh, to help bring in the next chapter of Ramah Galim um, even stronger in a more meaningful way. Thank you for taking the time to share your story and your work at Magalim with me and with the National Roma community. I have loved getting to hear from you. Um, as we wrap up, if there is anything else that you want to share or is something that maybe I forgot to ask, it feels really crucial and important. Um, and so um, I just want to say thank you. It's been really great talking to you about camp. It brings back lots of memories and, uh, I think it's so helpful for all of us at this, what has been a difficult year and a difficult couple months is to root ourselves in those memories and those relationships um, that are why we do the work we do and why we're a part of these transformative communities of Ramah, um, why we're here. Shalom, and thank you for tuning in to Kolba Ramah. If you're looking for more information about Camp Ramah overnight and day camps, Israel programs, year-round events, and virtual offerings, please visit our website at www.campramah.org. Mm -hmm.